So I want to show you this segment because I think it's very, very illuminating to uh, what is going on uh, in terms of the DNC and how they're trying to rig this thing. Let's take a look. There was Kamala Harris's quick rise and long fall. Pete Buttigieg has surged recently in Iowa and New Hampshire. Elizabeth Warren spent months climbing in the polls only to lose some momentum in the last few weeks. All the while, Bernie Sanders has been chugging along at between 15 and 20% in national polls. His support has barely budged, second only to Joe Biden. It's therefore easy to forget about Bernie, and he's gotten less coverage in the media than the other frontrunners, but he's still in a pretty decent position. He's within striking distance of winning both Iowa and New Hampshire. According to the 538 polling average, Buttigieg currently leads in Iowa by about one point, but it's basically a three-way tie between him, Biden, and Sanders. The same is true, more or less, in New Hampshire. Sanders is also polling relatively strongly in the third state to vote Nevada, and his support has edged up in delegate-rich California, which votes on Super Tuesday. Here's why that matters. Sanders is close enough to Biden nationally that bounces from the early states, especially in Iowa, could make the rest of the race extremely competitive. Of course, being in striking distance in Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada is not the same thing as actually winning those states. And if he does manage to win an early state or two and close the gap on Biden, you would expect the Democratic Party elites might make some moves to stop Sanders. So do I buy that Bernie has a shot at the nomination? Definitely, I do. Look, if you had to pick one candidate in this race, it would probably be Biden. His position is fairly robust. But Bernie has as strong a hand to play as anybody else. So the first thing there is Nate Silver, who's consistently wrong about everything, uh, just admit it. I mean, they, they called you conspiracy theories, theorists in 2016, but they just admit it. You could expect that if Bernie were to win Iowa, uh, the Democratic Party is going to try to stop him. So this is finally, they're admitting that there's a coordinated campaign uh, particularly among the media, but also the DNC, all this, to stop one candidate. So at least Nate is being honest in, in this regard. But I think the real interesting part comes a little bit later in this segment. So let's, let's if you could stomach it, let's play a little bit more of it. Power Bernie Sanders this year. But I want to tie that to the, uh, the election of Boris Johnson on Thursday. Uh, he seems to be uniting a lot of analysts. Uh, Mike Bloomberg says he's the canary in the coal mine for Democrats. Steve Bannon, uh, I mean, James Carville says you can go so far to the left, you can lose to an unacceptable incumbent. That's the lesson. The lesson is screaming right in your face. Steve Bannon picks up on that. If Democrats don't take the lesson, Trump is headed for a Reagan-like 84 victory. So, Ruth Marcus, if, if James Carville and Steve Bannon agree, does that mean it's right or it's wrong? <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. Look, we all have a tendency to overinterpret the impact of midterm elections, of off-year elections, and certainly of elections in other countries, which have different politics and different political systems than ours. Uh, that said, that lesson of that election, which I'm going to now overinterpret, <laughs> uh, having warned against it, uh, is not good news for Democrats, and it should be particularly chilling for people who are thinking about the possibility of a Sanders nomination, because that I'm not sure we're going to get to Reagan landslide territory, um, but I think it would be a really big challenge for Democrats. And Patrick, yes, one of the things we've seen from Democratic voters this year is even though like Bernie Sanders and Liz Warren take a big chunk 
of the vote, 30, 40% of the vote, sometimes more. Whenever one of them rises too high, they do seem to hit a wall with Democratic voters who are most concerned about who can beat Trump. Yeah, well, let's talk about that boom and bust cycle, but I have to just very quickly say, George, that I don't think there are many lessons from, from, from England unless you think uh, of uh, Corbyn as a serious leader. This was a failed leader who coddled the anti-Semites uh, in his ranks uh, and never took a clear, coherent position on Brexit. That's why uh, he failed there. But there, there is this boom bust uh, inside the Democratic Party uh, over the course of the last many uh, months. If you had told me that Mayor Pete would be in the contest still and Kamala Harris uh, would be out, if you said that six months ago, I'd say that you were insane. There is a resilience that Bernie Sanders has demonstrated in, the, in uh, four years ago uh, that continues to accrue to his benefit now. That California number is powerful. He's up at 26% in California now. California votes early on March 3rd. If he finishes- Votes even for, before that. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that, the, the date that, is March 3rd. They're, they're they're early, they're they're still early that. voting. He's the only one with any serious momentum right now. Uh, and as Governor Christie has pointed out to me, the superdelegate erasure from the Democratic Party is only going to uh, benefit Bernie Sanders in the end. So, wow, I am surprised. I am surprised on a Sunday morning show they even let that guy on because he makes some good points. Bernie is on the rise. He's on the rise seven points in South Carolina, which he didn't mention. But Bernie's on the rise in California. Uh, Bernie is basically the most steady of all of these uh, candidates. You hear right there a, a guest actually say, don't sleep on Bernie. He's doing really well in California. He should have mentioned South Carolina, but whatever. Take what you can get. So here is the corporate media um, propaganda against Bernie that is not based in fact, but you are going to hear a lot of this if Bernie were to win Iowa. <laughs> you know, if you're Donald Trump, you're sitting and watching this and you just can't believe your good fortune. Again, your good <laughs> right? fortune again. You really can't believe it. I mean, the fact that, that Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren are the people who've had where the energy is. Joe Biden has seemed unable to perform at a level that's acceptable for him to take off with the rest of those <laughs> voters that are reluctant about Warren and Sanders. And that, that Buttigieg just does not seem, in my view, to be able to be taken long term seriously as a nominee for a whole bunch of reasons, including his lack of support in the minority community. I think, you know, he's looking at the very real possibility that he could be running against a Warren or a Sanders, which he would relish. But, but, but Rich Lowry, if, if Bernie Sanders has persisted, and he has, and has stayed pretty steady, even yeah. after a, a heart attack, so has Joe Biden yeah. at the top of the poll. He should have been remarkably stable, it turns yeah. out. His performance has never risen above fair or middling at best. And still he showed remarkable persistence. But look, this thing is, is wide open. Biden easily could win Iowa, wins Iowa is probably the nominee, and it's much less dramatic than, than we uh, thought. But as Nate Silver alluded to, Bernie Sanders easily could win Iowa and New Hampshire. And then you're looking at a desperate stop Bernie Sanders uh, campaign. So I would say two things the last couple of weeks have been the big story in the Democratic race. One, the, the, the uptick of Bernie Sanders. The other is Amy Klobuchar beginning to show. Oh, God, you got to love it. I don't know what's funnier, Rich Lowry, just general, or the fact that they're now continuing this nonsense about Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So let me, let me explain to you what they're doing here. And then I'm going to show you some real alarming conflicts of interest that are not being disclosed, showing that the DNC is still trying to rig the election against Bernie. So Chris Christie, of course, George Stephanopoulos, Stephanopoulos, Stephanopoulos I call him, Chris Christie, fact-free, 
you know, he's done, you know, clogging bridges in New Jersey. Chris Christie says, without facts, Donald Trump is licking his chops. Licking his chops. He just can't wait for Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, he put in there. Despite the fact that Bernie Sanders right now, poll after poll, is beating the living beep out of Donald Trump. He's beating Donald Trump by 10 to 12 points head to head. He is beating Donald Trump in Michigan in many polls. He is beating Donald Trump in Wisconsin in some polls. He is beating Donald Trump in Pennsylvania in some polls. But Chris Christie, and this is what you're going to see, is allowed to just lie. No pushback on the fact that he's just making shit up. Totally making shit up. Bernie Sanders has been crushing Donald Trump head to head for four years. Donald Trump isn't licking his chops to go against Bernie Sanders. Donald Trump is praying he could go against either Joe Biden, who is Hillary Clinton with different body parts, or Pete Buttigieg. That's who Donald Trump wants to run against because it's the same exact candidate he just beat. Honestly, say what you want about Hillary Clinton. I'm no fan. Joe Biden is a worse candidate than Hillary Clinton. You think the cognitive mess you see during these debates, during these speeches, you think it's going to get better in a year if he's the nominee? If he's on the Democratic debate stage against Bernie Sanders, you think it's going to get better? No. No, 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 no. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. So Chris Christie is allowed to lie, but then you have Rich Lowry. I mean, this should be scandalous that they're saying this, but it's not because they're openly admitting that they are trying to crush Bernie Sanders. You have, you have Chris Chris, uh, Rich Lowry saying, well, if Bernie wins Iowa, that's it. There's going to be an onslaught against him. You have Nate Silver, who literally has called you all conspiracy theorists for daring to say that the primary was rigged in 2016. All of these people on ABC, all of these people in the New York Times, they just call you kooky conspiracy theorists. Oh, those progressives with their little conspiracy theories. Nate Silver just said the Democratic Party would coalesce to stop Bernie Sanders if he wins Iowa. Rich Lowry just said it. I don't see George Stephanopoulos challenging them on that. Do you? What's amazing to me about this, they're openly, they're, they're openly saying if Bernie wins Iowa, they are going to bring an onslaught on Bernie Sanders. An onslaught. They're not going to let the democratic process play out. They're not going to stay out of it. They're going to interfere. Uh, honey, what is it the democratic party is so upset about? Foreign interference, right? From who? Russia? So the Democratic Party, who our holy, our holy democracy is under attack. Our holy democracy is under attack. They are very, very ready to interfere if it's Bernie Sanders. If you, if you, if you don't know, the CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, New York Times, they are littered with formers, former national security analysts, they are littered with defense contractors. They are littered with security analysts that just so happen to work in the private intel industry. They are littered with that on the air constantly. 
But they are also littered, without disclosing it, by the way, they are also littered with Democratic Party operatives that are getting paid by the Democratic National Committee while simultaneously going on television and writing in the Washington Post, writing in the New York Times, writing in thehill.com. They are littered with people propping up Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg and aggressively attacking Bernie Sanders with zero disclosure that these people are on the payroll of the DNC. It is scandalous, but we're not surprised because we've been de dealing with this kind of rigging now for four or five years. So I, I want to show you something, just, just an example here, okay? So let's take a look at this clip from MSNBC. Adrian, you first. Yeah, look, Alex, I'm really glad that she made this point because it did take Bernie Sanders a long time to endorse Hillary Clinton. It took him a long time to get out of the race, and it also took him a long time to actually go out and campaign for us. And I think the point that she's making is, you know, no matter what happens in 2020, I do hope that Bernie Sanders, if he's not the nominee, hmm. will endorse whomever the nominee is. I'm glad she made that point. Philippe? Well, don't forget that she's been on both sides of this. Uh, Hillary was the nominee in 2016, and the only people in hindsight who think that Bernie did a lot for her or enough for her is Bernie and his supporters. But she also lost in 2008 to Barack Obama in a far more difficult race that went wire to hmm. wire. And Barack Obama and his supporters went from being, you know, dubious about her and maybe not even positive about her. There's no one who would say that she didn't do enough. She did more events of Barack yeah. Obama in 2008 than Sarah Palin did for John McCain. You know, point well taken. Uh, so, first of all, uh, that guy who has basically been Hillary Clinton's bag man for her entire campaign, um, that man literally just said that Hillary Clinton did more campaigning for Barack Obama. Actually, the facts are Bernie Sanders did more campaigning for Hillary Clinton than Hillary Clinton did for Barack Obama. But don't let facts get in the way. So, what's interesting to me, what's interesting to me is this woman, Adrian Elrod, who's on there talking about Bernie Sanders didn't do enough for Hillary Clinton, yada, yada, yada. It's not mentioned that Adrian Elrod uh, has gotten $45,000 in consultancy fees with the Democratic from the DNC for in this election cycle. I don't know. I kind of think that if MSNBC is going to have on a consultant for the Democratic National Committee Maybe they should mention that the DNC is paying Adrian Elrod consultant fees kind of as a conflict, conflict of interest. Isn't the DNC supposed to be neutral? Does that not extend to DNC consultants? Because Adrian Elrod is on Twitter. She's on MSNBC basically smearing Bernie Sanders, even though Bernie did more events for Hillary Clinton than Hillary did for Barack Obama. But it gets better. Karen Finney. This is earlier this year. Based on what he just said in the Oval Office, Bernie Sanders enters the 2020 race today with real Donald Trump defending him. Interesting. And I'm sure, you know, when I have more time, I'm going to go through her Twitter. I hope she's not watching so she doesn't delete all her stuff. But... Here you have it. She's basically trying to link Bernie Sanders to Donald Trump. Just so happens that was in February. Yeah, it just so happens she got 
$10,000 from the DNC right before that? No big deal, right? Karen Finney, $10,000, beginning of the year from the DNC. Soon after that, oh, based on what he just said in the Oval Office, Bernie Sanders enters the race today with real Donald Trump defending him. I don't know, folks. Am I making a big to-do about nothing here? Is it kind of significant? Is it kind of significant that you have basically Democratic Party operatives, quote-unquote consultants for the Democratic National Committee? And by the way, my former colleague at the Young Turks, Nomiki, uh, reported on basically the utter disgusting bloat of the DNC and the fact that they spend most of their money on consultants to give them ridiculous advice. Here you have the Democratic Party is essentially, instead of trying to rig the party, rig the primary, you know, in, in the background, instead of them trying to rig the, par- uh, rig the primary by basically having DNC people email uh, networks planting stories about Bernie Sanders being an atheist, about Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, being anti-Semitic. This is what they did in 2016. We know about that. What's amazing to me is now they're actually doing it out in the open. They're just expecting nobody's going to look. So, I mean, that's not the only one. That's not the only one. Just look at this. You have Maria Cardona. Maria Cardona, who is a Democratic Party operative. She is a lobbyist. She works for Dewey Squared. She writes in October, on October 9th, 2019, it's time for Joe Biden to take the fight to Donald Trump. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been under attack by President Trump, who continues to spew unfounded, debunked conspiracy theories that Biden accepted inappropriately when he led a coalition of world leaders to push Ukraine to fire a prosecutor who is not rooting out corruption in the fledgling democracy. Trump raises the specter of corruption surrounding Biden's son, Hunter Biden, who took a high-paying position on the board of Burisma Holdings, an energy company in Ukraine. Trump's attacks against Biden and his son will only get worse, more pointed and more personal, because this is Trump's playbook at its worst. I don't need to read the rest. By the way, this is the same Maria Cardona that in 2016, WikiLeaks, those terrible, terrible Russians, Ricky Leakes exposed that Maria Cardona, who's a consultant for the DNC, was basically working with the DNC. You remember this? Was basically working with the DNC and crafting with the DNC with Hillary Clinton's campaign reviewing it, an op-ed for CNN attacking Bernie Sanders for his campaign and the awfulness at the Nevada convention. You remember those non-existent chairs that were thrown? Right here. I'll put it in the super chat if you don't if you if you don't remember. Right here. Maria Cardonia. She was working with the DNC to write hit jobs on Bernie Sanders for CNN. No disclosure at all on the Nevada caucus and that little uh, you know them working together Cardona the DNC, Hillary Clinton's campaign. Oh, Bernie must take the high road. Oh, God. 
It's the, day, it's the day after another set of primaries, and Hillary Clinton has won the state of Kentucky, while Bernie Sanders has won the state of Oregon. They both are to be commended. But what happened at the Nevada State Party Convention this past weekend when party leaders and representatives of both campaigns gathered to allocate delegates was a loss for Democrats everywhere. Then she gets into this nonsense about Bernie's campaign being angry and heckling Barbara Boxer and throwing chairs and all this nonsense. Well... This person, who again is on TV as a CNN analyst, is writing pieces for TheHill.com this, this time, you know, just happens to be getting 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 90,000 something dollars in consultancy fees from the DNC this year. This year, I just named you three Democratic Party operatives that are getting major money from the Democratic National Committee to then go on TV or go on Twitter and either bash Bernie Sanders or prop up Joe Biden. And we wonder, and they say, the party's not rigged. Bernie supporters better fall in line. Uh, we're having more. It ain't over, folks. Voters getting purged off the voter rolls. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Because I saw this in New York, and now it seems to be happening in California. A, quote, computer glitch wiped out thousands of voters' party preference in the Bay Area. Hmm. Interesting. They move up the California primary to be a Super Tuesday state. Last time, the California primary was one of the last states. And all of a sudden, in a, in a state that literally, I believe, has the GDP, uh, is the fifth largest economy in the world, there is a massive complete computer glitch that has purged 200,000 voters. If you're registered to vote in Contra Costa County, make sure to check your voter registration. In a press release sent out by the County Elections Division, voters were cautioned that during the 2018 rollout of the automatic voter registration system, some voters' party preference was overwritten. As such, individuals who registered with a party may have been swapped to no party preference. As of April 2018, any California resident, unless they opt out, is automatically registered to vote when they register a car or get a license for the Department of Motor Vehicles. Being listed as no party preference means would-be Democratic voters could have issues voting in the upcoming Democratic primary scheduled for March 3rd, 2020. Although no party preference voters are allowed to vote in the Democratic primaries, a vote-by-mail ballot must be specifically requested from the Voters County Elections Office. What a nightmare. The Republican Party does not allow no party preference voters to vote in the presidential primaries. Quote, we're hopeful that voters take the opportunity to look at their registration status now rather than after ballots are mailed on election day. NBC area reports the issue could have affected tens of thousands of registered voters. 
Pew reported in October that the DMV found over 100,000 registration errors from the automatic system, some of which were this party overriding issue. The claim is disputed by the California Secretary of State, Hillary, uh, Alex Padilla, who, by the way, interfered in the 2016 election to prop up Hillary Clinton, who issued a press release on Friday. Quote, despite recent claims, there is no widespread glitch with the California motor, motor program, uh, motor voter program changing voters party affiliation. It is important to note that every registration at the DMV requires the voter to select their political party preference review their selection and attest to its accuracy. Since the launch of the Motor Voter Program in April 2018, the Secretary of State's official, excuse me, the Secretary of State's office has worked with the DMV to continuously improve the registration experience, blah, 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 blah. According to Padilla, quote, in nearly every case, there is a reasonable explanation for any change of a voter's registration record. You could check your voter registration status and political party preference on the California Secretary of State's website. So, first of all, I don't believe a damn word uh, Alex Padilla says. He, in 2016, if you live in California, you don't, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Uh, He was interfering. They were sending out incorrect mailers to voters to confuse them. Uh, They, they, purge people off the rolls then. And apparently now they could call it a computer glitch. If you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, okay. It wasn't 200,000 voters, by the way. It was, it seems tens of thousands of voters, but according to the DMV, 100,000. This could swing an election. What's incredible to me, these same states that had problems last time are now suddenly tens of thousands of people are getting purged off the rolls in San Francisco in San Francisco area and the Bay Area. A very uh, San Francisco in particular, a lot of progressive voters there. San Francisco, one of the last vestiges of the 1960s. So you tell me. You tell me. Are we supposed to think that we're not going to hear news of another computer glitch in New York? When we have these computer glitches, aren't the people that have been disenfranchised by these computer glitches, shouldn't they be immediately reinstated reinstated to their party preference? Shouldn't these people be contacted immediately so that they could be registered, re-registered that same day with a visual computer email or um, some type of confirmation that they've been re-registered to the party that they were registered at? Or we have to now leave it after they have been tossed. We have to then say, oh, well, they have to get a vote by mail and all this stuff that most people won't even know that they need to do. It is absolutely ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And it is Literally, the same playbook from 2016. How many times are we going to believe, how many times are we going to hear that there was some type of computer glitch before people wise up? And even if you want to say there's a computer glitch, okay, well, we're hysterical. We're hysterical about the threat from Russia 
and cyber warfare. But when our own voters are being purged by our own government, when our own voters are being purged by people like Alex Padilla, a Hillary Clinton supporter, who I assume supports Joe Biden now, we're supposed to just say, oh, well, you know, hopefully uh, they get vote by mail ballots. And by the way, now it's happening in Wisconsin too. It's Democrats doing it. It's Republicans doing it. Judge orders 234,000 voters purged from the Wisconsin voter rolls. A Wisconsin judge on Friday ordered the state to remove hundreds of thousands of people from Wisconsin's voter rolls because they may have moved. The case is being closely watched because of the state's critical role in next year's presidential election. Ozaukee County Judge Paul Malloy also denied the League of Women Voters of Wisconsin's position to intervene. Lawyers for the League and for the Wisconsin Elections Commission indicated they will appeal and ask Malloy to stay his ruling pending those appeals, but he declined. At issue is a letter the State Elections Commission sent in October to about 234,000 voters who it believes may have moved. Oh, they believe they may have moved. The letter asked that voters to, voters to update their voter registration if they had moved or alert election officials if they were still at their same address. The commission planned to remove the letter's recipients from the voter rolls in 2021 if it hadn't heard from them. But Malloy's decision would kick them off the rolls much sooner, as well before the 2020 presidential election. Before Friday's hearing, Democratic State Attorney General Josh Cowell said in an interview that quickly removing viewers from the rolls would cause, quote, clear harm to Wisconsin voters. That's because some people who haven't moved would likely lose their ability to vote, at least for the time being. Quote, Anytime people have to go through extra steps to vote, and certainly re-registering is a significant additional step, the result is that fewer people end up voting. Fewer people will be registered. A number of people will have to re-register. Three voters sued the commission last month with the help of the conservative Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. They argued election officials were required to remove voters from the rolls 30 days after sending the letters if they hadn't heard from them. 200 and 34,000 voters purged from Wisconsin, a key, key state, on the assumption that they've moved. Yeah, the, the worry is Russia. The threat is Russia. Two critical states. You got, quote-unquote, computer glitches, and you have judges. I haven't looked, but I'd be interested to see if that's a Republican judge. They're just removing people who didn't respond to mail. I got news for you. I, I think Donald Trump won Wisconsin by... 30,000 votes? I think it was. I think it was 30,000 votes. Somebody checked me on that, but I think it was 30,000 votes. Well, 234,000 could make a huge difference. None of this is being discussed anywhere. CNN, MSNBC, 
And by the way, if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, if you want to say computer glitches, whatever, fine. Well, should bureaucratic incompetence, should bureaucratic incompetence become a hassle to the voters? We are the richest country in the world. Everybody loves Jeff Bezos. All these media people, you know, Saint patron Saint Jeff Bezos. We have the best technology in the world. Shouldn't this be fixed? That, like, immediately? You're going to then pass it off that these people need to send in a vote-by-mail ballot? Which, I got news for you. You know how many times they told voters in New York who were purged? Oh, yeah, just do an affidavit ballot. It will count. And then they threw out the affidavit ballots. I'm not saying lose hope. I'm not saying don't go out and vote. But this is part of the day-to-day cheating that goes on. And because the media doesn't cover, they continue to allow it.